Secret Friends Unite! Welcome to the Secret Friends Unite podcast, episode 328. This is your guide to the geek side, and I'm your host, Todd Oxtra. Joined by Charlie Carden. Oh, I feel so awkward. It's video. Oh, I don't want you to see me picking my nose or drinking my whiskey. Oh, wait. I'm doing both of those things right now. You can't yeah, stop we're gonna me. To, we're going to have to institute a uh, uh, dress uh, policy. No shirt, no shirts. Uh, guns out, buns out, or whatever. I don't know what we say. Suns out, buns you know, out. I don't know. You know you know, you like seeing these guns, these pasty white guns. Oh, no, yeah, it's we, hot. We it's might have to raise the bar. Yeah, okay. Or, or I could just, maybe I could just lower should I, lo- should I lower the bar? <laughs> I think that's where we're at. Yeah, uh, yeah, it's it's warm here. It's 88 degrees yeah. in my uh, in my neighborhood, but my yes, basement yeah, no, is it's, super it's, cold. Right. It's uh, yeah, it's summertime. It's summertime in the Midwest. It's the two and a quarter months that we get decent weather, so we're we're always very excited about that. Yes. So um, in in I guess we're trying to act younger, so we're not going to talk about web- weather for most of the podcast. So we're going to move oh, on oh, to bigger right. and brighter things because. Yeah, so a uh, couple of big announcements um, that are coming to Secret Friends Unite. So anybody who's new, basically it's just Charlie and myself, college friends, uh, reunited over the interwebs to talk about all things nerd, like we did at Michigan State over 20 years ago. Um, we have been doing this for seven plus years, um, and we have made changes throughout the history of the podcast. We changed the introduction. We've changed how we've recorded. We've changed... Uh, f- different people that have been on the podcast. We've had different intros. Well, uh, we have really gone into thinking, where do we go go next? So we created a website, which Mark is really the architect from, uh, you know, mm-hmm. co-op mode and also Holocron Chronicles. Um, he created the website where all secret friends unite dot, uh, basically secret friends unite.com where everything is housed. Now, uh, we are keeping Potomatic around for a while until we really get a good base of things. Plus also let people know where to find this so they can subscribe and then we'll turn that off mm-hmm. once we feel like we've got good, uh, presence there. But you know, the, 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 we- the website will really be, um, more than just podcasts. It'll be content that's exclusive to the website. Uh, hopefully uh, filled with contributors and people across the Secret Friends galaxy. So that's fun. So we got that's coming soon. I'm going to do some content there. Um, I just need to get around to figure out the format, and it, most likely it will be video, um, and then maybe a column that is basically uh, as well to to populate that. Charlie, you've got some you've got some cosplay photos out there. Indeed, um, yes. Yes. So, and you know, you've talked about your your fan fiction you've wrote. So there'll be more opportunities to put lots of cool stuff out there as well. Mark and I want to do more video podcasting. So that leads us to what we're using today, which is Zencaster. Zencaster is a basically an online recording uh, service uh, that allows us to do better audio quality, which is great. We basically get to see each of our audio streams, which is fantastic, better than Skype, um, and also allows for video. So video, I will probably have to lean on Mark to turn those into something usable. But, uh, you know, I've talked about maybe adding a green screen so we can get cool backgrounds and things like that, which is fun. So more to come. And, you know, obviously we will probably start wearing Secret Friends Unite swag for right. the podcast yes, when we, we actually show up. Yeah. We're gonna, yeah. So, uh, yeah, right. No, no hats. Well, that means they, they do make a tank top. So I guess that's <laughs> that is what I'll be wearing. I'm kidding. No, I, I, I have. A- Yes. I have a, I have a lot of great swag. I do. Uh, Todd has inspired my love of Raglan baseball tees, so I have like a multitude of them. Um, but I'm the, wearing one all... today with my uh, Princess I Bride. I see that. 
not uh, yes. not actually promoting the show. So you need to go out there and spend some bucks. I do have information on the uh, the next upcoming sale, so I will uh, make sure that folks know about that in due time. So anyway, yeah, so yeah, we can we can stop shamelessly self promoting and move on with the program. Uh, by getting into our comic book cover of the week. Of course, this is episode 328. I took us all the way back to January of 1991 with Avengers number 328, giving the origin story of the very 80s, early 90s dressed superhero, uh, very short-lived Avenger by the name of Rage. Now, he is uh, he's a black fella, very buff. He is wearing a leather uh, vest that uh does not zip up he's wearing some he's basically he's mr t with a luchador yeah i'm gonna share a picture of it for whoever's watching this so you can actually see the cover yes please which is fantastic yes so uh yeah but the the origin stories i recall and the avenger squad at this time was a very oddly dressed she hulk thor cap iron man uh, cersei from the eternal so there's a character you're going to get to know and then uh it pictured in the letterbox but not on the cover is the uh, the stark white vision that we actually ended up seeing that in WandaVision. But uh, anyway, um, so yeah, his origin was he was a 12-year-old uh, resident of a rundown neighborhood. He fell into some toxic sludge. It aged him to an adult age and may- gave him super strength, superpowers, and super buffness. And uh, we find all this when, uh, out when the Avengers track him back to Granny's house because he was raised by his grandma. So... Yes, a very weird, kind of a stereotypical, vaguely racist origin story, but it was the 90s. What are you going to do? You know, I really didn't know that was the origin of the character, so thank you for telling me, because that's similar to, like, a Shazam-type character, also a character named Prime from the Ultraverse, where it was the same thing about a kid who basically looked like an adult when he had his powers, but obviously the the, the mindset of a child or a teen. Right. Um but this one's a little bit weird because he doesn't get to, I'm assuming he doesn't get to go back to being a child ever. So that's some awkward, like weird, big situation. Yeah, exactly. That's like perma big, but you're also, you're also ripped and you're a member of the Avengers. So like I said, his tenure on the team was pretty short lived. I'm going to say 10 issues or less if I was to hazard a guess. Did he revert to his prior form? The join another would... team? We don't know. Yeah, I, I think the character kind of fell off the face, and then he was revived a year or so ago as Marvel Legends figure. So he's on my Avengers mm. shelf. I collect I collect most of the Marvel Legends uh, characters uh, figures that are Avengers because I have an Avengers section. So he's there. He's part of my '90s squad with you know Black Knight and White Vision and Hercules. So yeah, he's there. The leather jacket squad, as we would like to. Oh, exactly. Yeah, I, t- I I had intended to have uh, Cersei and Crystal. Uh, in the leather jackets, custom made figures, but that uh, from a friend, uh, a former friend of mine, that never came to pass because of the former friend part. But I live in hope that someday they will be made anyway. Well, we can only hope and dream. And you know, I always call that era for Marvel the bad old days. Oh well, uh, days. things oh, yes. got better, and that's all that matters. Um, unless you're a completionist like Charlie, no one has to revisit those days. Uh, no, no. But Charlie, uh, it's time to uh, visit our friend our senior news correspondent. So without further delay, Madam Webb, take it away. Now it's time for Madam Webb's rumors and news. Take it away, boys. 
Well, thank you, Madam Webb. Well, um, you have asked for some screen time. Now, we don't have enough Vaseline on the camera lens to really do you justice, uh, but we'll keep working on it. Maybe we have like a kinescope we can put you against and, you know, people can finally see your radiant beauty. Oh, but like radiation? I don't know. We'll see what happens. Yeah, so, sure. Why not? Yeah. I mean, yeah. <laughs> anyway, first story up uh, is from the good folks at Sony. There is a plan air quotes, uh, for connecting Sony's Spider-Man universe to the MCU, which is, of course, what always Spider-Fans kind of live and dream of. Uh, but yeah, there was a Sony exec that recently indicated that uh, Spider-Man No Way Home, which we're going to see this summer, will kick off a shared Marvel universe integrated with the MCU because the character is obviously already part of it, having been obviously in Captain America Civil, Captain America Civil War, uh, the final two Avenger films, and then two Spider-Man uh, films that took place in within the MCU time frame. So, uh, yeah, Spider-Man 3 is looking to potentially open the door uh, to include uh, Spider-Man characters uh, kind of wending their way in uh, to... Uh, to, <laughs> to what what is called the Sony Pictures Universe of Marvel characters or the Spumic S P U M C. Boom! It rolls right off the tongue. Uh, developing several movies based on Marvel characters with Venom, Let There Be Carnage, the second Venom film coming out this year. Uh, Morbius uh, in 2022, pushback from last year, and Craven the Hunter in 2023, which we will talk about a little bit later on in the program here. So, all of those are really looking to integrate. Uh, into a more of a, a shared picture, which could, I would imagine, see characters crossing over. Uh, and with that, because, you know, Marvel characters touch other Marvel characters as time goes on, and Disney introduces their version of the X-Men. They they finally debut their version of the Fantastic Four, which is what I've been dreaming about since, oh, I don't know, 2005, a decent Fantastic Four film. Um, this is very exciting. You know, as a Spider-Man fan, I've been reading Spider-Man comics since 1986. I'm fairly well-versed. I've read every issue of the amazing spider-man if i do say so myself uh so yeah this is great news i'm excited and uh i look forward to seeing what they're going to deliver yeah i mean what's the worst thing that can happen morbius venom and uh they join the squad i mean the, and this is kind of where spider-man's bringing basically creating his own rogues gallery between the two universes um only um you know at this point mysterio we think he's dead right um mm -hmm. and then we've got vulture in prison right um, and he's in prison with scorpion the dude who uh who would become scorpion uh who was the, the other yeah. the other the other thug that you saw in uh spider-man homecoming um so yeah there's there are chances to to integrate those characters and uh this you know multiverse of madness will bleed into um having multiple spider-men uh in that film or at least that's the that's the, the that's the rumor. So yeah, great great chance for growth. So I, I'm fired up. This is good stuff. Yeah, and this is coming from Sony's president, not coming from like a, a article that we've never heard of or, or a person. So I, I think so, they know there's more there on the vine. And Sony at this point doesn't have a streaming service, so they want to get their they want to get their tendrils involved in this so they can benefit from it. So it makes right. total sense. Totally. So yeah. So as a Spider fan, give me more. Make it good. I'm, I'm a happy. I, I'm a happy pappy. Aw, happy pappy. Happy. Yes. Pappy. So we talked about the Eternals uh, trailer last week, and I think everybody walked away. So why didn't they intervene? They kind of dropped that thing. We've never intervened. 
So why didn't you? So you ask the question, we want to know. Inquiring minds want to know. Um, so essentially, we've got an article here from Men's Health, which I think is hilarious that they're doing media, which, you know, I well, guess it's healthy. Let, let's, but everybody in that movie is buff. Look what, uh, what happened with absolutely Canal uh, Nanjiani. He got super ripped for this film. So there you go. Yeah, so we know there's probably going to be some explanation because it would just be weird to say, yeah, these super powerful beings just didn't hang out. You know, the Nazis were doing their thing. Eh, let them go. You know, uh, all the Holocaust. Eh, don't worry about it. I mean, all these horrible things that have happened. Slavery. Well, 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 you know, the Wakandans didn't get involved either, you know, so let's not just put it all on the Eternals. that's case in point good and it's always like well what brought him out then well a script <laughs> did as a pitch meeting would say because i wrote it that's why um it's right. just a weird thing to say right it's just it just seems like say that and then you have to have a real reason and and i think they're they're basically saying uh they're looking towards some of the source material and why this has happened in the past and they're saying it's potentially coming from like the neil gaiman series which we read part of which was sprite essentially cast a spell so the inhumans essentially almost hibernated and forgot wiped their memories basically they just acted as humans they didn't know they were anything more so than than humans themselves that was the uh, and then basically in that storyline icarus starts remembering and he seeks out other uh eternals and so it was kind of a unique point so i could see them doing it. it's a very old trope right it's like it's the oh remember and all the memories come flooding back and and then right. you, there you go there you go why not that sounds fine sure it writes itself because it did why write not? itself in a comic i was gonna say you know and you know they're gonna make money off of it so don't bl- bloody don't worry about it mate <laughs> yeah and it, it is and you know we because this is a november film so it's june now so i'm hoping we get more we'll, we'll get more trailers as we get into this uh hopefully one that's more about kind of showing their powers their abilities more about them the threat they will face um i mean most movies marvel movies we do see more of the plot trailer eventually so hopefully we'll get that we'll get more of those answered uh, but as of right now, Eternals, I think, has a lot of people just saying, I don't know what this is, which it looks good and it's got a good cast. So that's that's right. a, that's a good start. It is. And like I said, and from a studio that uh, rarely gives us a stinker. So that is OK by me. So, yeah, we're all going to see it and we'll all have various feelings about it. So that that much is for certain. You know what I mean? Oh, okay, so moving on, uh, I teased a minute ago about Craven the Hunter, Aaron Taylor Johnson, uh, who was, of course, Quicksilver in Age of Ultron, the dead Quicksilver, which was recast in WandaVision in a way, kind of funny, Uh, as kind of of a nod and a wink, but regardless, uh, the dead brother of Wanda. Uh, has been cast uh, as the lead in a film about uh, Craven the Hunter, which is, of course, one of Spider-Man's oldest films debut or uh, oldest villains uh, debuted in the 1964 uh, issue of The Amazing Spider-Man number 15. It was one of the one of the few really old comics that I owned when I was a kid. It was in shitty shape, too. So it was really basically worth nothing. Hopefully it's still out there somewhere in the, with various comics that I've sold. But what country is he from? He is uh, he's Russian. Uh, and his brother is the chameleon. Okay. Yeah, so that oh, was that's uh, right. That's right. Yeah, yes. Oh, so chameleon. a real country, not a, like a fake country. 
Yes, exactly. Like, and Pakistan. Right, yeah, it was Sokovia. Uh, so, yeah, the chameleon was uh, Spider-Man's first nemesis beyond uh, in Amazing Spider-Man number one. Um, so the connection that goes back that far. So uh film will be directed by J.C. Shandor. Never heard of him. Uh, it reminds me of Evor, even Evor Shandor from the Ghostbusters film. I don't know. Um, but anyway, he is, uh, he is, this is one of Sony Pictures Marvel, Universe of Marvel characters, the Spamunk. Spamunk. I think that should be the name of this episode. Spamork. Spamork. Spamunk. Yeah. Craven is great. I mean, he, he it's, it describes him here as a, an iconic and notorious anti-hero. Uh, he really lives to do it exactly what his name is. He's he is a big game hunter. Uh, he was hired by J. Jonah Jameson in that Amazing Spider-Man issue 15 to hunt Spider-Man and capture him. Naturally, he couldn't pull it off. But here's a guy who you know has, has punched a, an elephant in the face and or punched a lion in the face and knocked it down he's just he's got the the jungle herbs and the stuff to give him near superhuman power you see him mixing mixing it up with uh the likes of black panther from time to time so he is mm-hmm. all jungle africa like dude so yeah you need a ripped cat to pull this off and we know aaron taylor johnson can knock out those accents so he's going to work on that russian accent for us maybe he'll just pull out the Scovian accent I don't know, but this is going to be a January 2023 film. January seems really like a weird time for a superhero film to come out. Usually February. I remember Black Panther came out in February of 2018, but that was really getting him set up to be in Infinity War. You know what I mean? So mm-hmm. the t- the timing just seems really weird to me. The superhero films, I, I feel like we see them in summer or like fall, winter. Or, or fall basically fall or before the end of year christmas maybe so january just seems weird to me because january just seems kind of be the the dead zone for cinemas but then again that's under the old system we have a a new weird system where people are not going back to theaters and i know that we'll be going back to a theater sometime soon here to see something uh and i'm sure it's going to be really bizarre so looking forward to it <laughs> uh, yeah i mean i think this is a cool way to build a a villain verse you know kind of uh, different takes on different characters that are coming after spidey for some reason um and eventually right uh maybe like we heard sony's looking to do this time together and it's going to be i think eventually you create all these bad guys and something puts them against either each other and almost like a villain war which we've seen before or spidey somehow pisses them all off. Um, and I think that's a cool idea. Um, and this is a way that you don't spend a movie that is all about trying to balance a hero and the villain tale. You've already created the villain. So you don't have to worry about all that buildup. You already know who he is and his story is there to go. So I, I like this. Um, he's a good actor uh, and it could be an interesting viewpoint and in how they manage it. And quite honestly, it could be he's brought in to take down, you know, the the, the most dangerous game, which could be, Morbius, Venom, and Carnage. Right, right. The yeah. dangerous game. Exactly correct. Yeah. So it's it, this is this could be a lot of fun. So I'm I'm excited to see what they do. Um, and I think why they're picking January, Charlie. I believe that's when Venom launched. I think. Oh, okay. It's a so it's a dead spot, right? So it's ultimately right. nothing else is out there. So you can clean house for potentially four to five weeks and make a bunch of bank. Right. All right. I see the logic in it. So and again, you know, don't forget that we're talking about things in general which are just like what the hell's going on nothing makes sense anymore everything is different so you don't know what the hot time is or if there is a hot time anymore so um a lot of things will will continue to define that so anyway moving on did you did you just pull this 
pulled this next one kind of up out of the air. What is this next? I did. Yes, because this one's interesting. So I really didn't expect this movie. And Charlie, I know you and your wife are big fans of Stephen King. One of his books that is not, I mean, there's been multiple movies, I believe, of this. Right, yeah, Drew Drew Barrymore, yeah, in the 80s. Yeah, and ultimately, yeah, it's kind of not had a big impact on society. So you know what? At this point, Blumhouse, who has a really good track record with horror. Yeah, can't, can't uh, stop making the hits. Can't stop making apparently them. Apparently, Stephen King thought, hey, this they needed to retake a, a, one of his properties, and that is Firestarter. So Blumhouse, uh, they're partnering up with Stephen King, and at this point, um, it's basically very similar to the approach they're taking with like It chapter, you know, it the It movie series, where they're taking a second look and giving more production value versus movies from the 80s that just didn't kill um and this is going to be interesting um the cast is going to be zach efron michael grace from true detective keith thomas the vigil i don't know who that is and it's going to have a uh, a score from the halloween kills scribe uh scott teams and beyond that i don't know what approach they're going to take we do know though that the, the the first movie came out in 1980 and was about a little girl who essentially had fire starting powers. And I believe it was all about her father trying to rescue her from an evil organization that was trying to exploit her. I could be wrong. I, That's all yeah, I know that, that, that rings a bell. And then she just goes around making things crispy. Um, so yeah, creepy little girl uh, It's funny. We just watched what old movie did we watch last night? The, the wedding singer, which I feel like I haven't seen in 20 years with Drew Barrymore, just at her ultimate peak cuteness. You know, but yeah, back then she was cute too, but she was cute in E.T., but then she was in Firestarter burning things up. So very bizarre. Um, but again, Stephen King is very revered in this house. My wife loves Stephen King. Uh, I, I, I have probably seen just about every Stephen King movie that is commercially available as a result. Uh, and they, they range from incredibly well-made to incredibly piss poor. Um, so who knows, but Blumhouse, they're making, you know, for horror fans, they're making great stuff. So I'm sure we'll see this and I'm sure we will enjoy it on some level, ironic or otherwise. Yeah. They started production in May. Uh, they, Blumhouse is partnering for, with Universal for the distribution. So most likely this will come to Peacock, uh, or some type of service like that. So if you don't see in the theater, you'll see it there. Peacock, baby. <laughs> All those spots from that that uh, you saw Tracy Morgan doing with with Jenna, and they were just yes. trying to get, re- and he couldn't say peacock correctly. <laughs> peacock, Jenna Baloney. <laughs> yes, yes. What was that? This, that was the what Thirty Rock. Uh, why they had a reunion to pitch Peacock. Yeah. Oh, God, I'm glad I've never seen it. And you know, just like it was fine. Girls, it was fine. Like- it, 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 it fit for 30 rock because kind of the whole synergy and Jack Donaghy, it made sense. Yeah. Well, maybe I'll have a crack. If, if you're recommending it, maybe, maybe I'll, uh, I'll play a little reverse psychology and I'll actually, you've seen it. worse things. I've I constantly, it. constantly. Oh my goodness. So that moves us right along to this. Oh, this next story, Todd, you just dropped this on me. Um, right before we jumped on here. So this is, this is an animated film that's coming to Netflix at the end of the month. It said June 30, which is the uh, untold historically accurate real story of America produced by Phil Lord and Chris Miller. The, 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 I'd love the, them. the black sheep of Disney, the black sheep of star Wars, the guys who filmed an entire star Wars movie and then got fired. And the film was total was totally refilmed out from underneath them. So uh, takes the story of the founding fathers and turns it into a, blockbuster superhero extravaganza with lasers and jetpacks and explosions and 
lightsabers and oh my god extravaganza with its tongue firmly planted in cheek america the motion picture oh my god i mean tad usually throw a lot of like this is new watch it and i'm like oh i don't really give a shit this i get this gets my nerd boner arisen i am i'm down with this this looks this looks phenomenal it looks totally moronic uh it obviously has no basis in fact uh other than you know i mean you see our main hero attacking uh, uh some kind of a mech robot that's shaped like big ben i mean i'm i'm into it i'm i'm down i am down just sign me up just Beam me over there. Beam this into my eyeball holes. I'm I'm totally set. Yeah, it's like the Avengers that are totally adult uh, language uh, using, you know, teamed up with like legends from America, like John Henry, Paul Bunyan. Uh, we've got a Ben Franklin, I believe, who was voiced by Olivia Munn, who is also looking like she has superpowers and can fly. Um, it is weird, but we've also got, you know, the British are involved, which is funny because uh, the voice cast is excellent. But we've got the, the we got Simon Pegg as King James, Bobby Moynihan as Paul Revere, Rahul Trillo as Geronimo, Jason Matsukas as Sam Adams, Judy Greer as Martha Dandridge, Olivia Munn, as we said, as Thomas Edison, uh, Will Forte, Andy Sandberg, uh, rapper Killer Mike, and Amber uh, Mash. But the fun part is the executive producer. Yes, the executive producer is uh, from Archer. So this makes total sense. It is it all, and you said Amber Nash, so that's Pam from Archer. So it was mm-hmm. just one. Of, it was probably probably the greatest character on that show. And I've not watched. Are they still cranking Archer out, or did it finally die? Because it it's it, every season was a, what ended up being a spoof. So I yeah, guess they did I, time I, time jumps. They did a noir. They did. Yeah. they were like Miami Vice. They did everything across the board. They did. Yeah, the, I think the, it's. Yeah. I think it's close to being done. Okay, so I, I would love to tune back in, but I know in, in, for a fact the first couple of seasons of that show, I was just absolutely apeshit for it. I totally love that show. So this this may be my favorite thing of the early summer. I just get a feeling that I'm just going to be crazy for this. But then again, Black Widow comes out a couple of weeks later. Hopefully that's going to be better. Or that's going to be a return to I don't know if anything can be, can be better than this, Charlie. I really I, don't. I think you, I, I, I think you might be right. Um, so cool. Yeah. Uh, all right. We'll take us home. We got one more story. Uh, what do you got there? Yeah. Uh, wow. So many Spider-Man stories. Holy cow. Uh, this one's a little different because we're hearing so many rumblings. We don't know really what's true. What's false with Spider-Man No Way Home. This is essentially Marvel's fourth movie of this year which is crazy. This is going to be their big fall movie. Um, after, after, I guess, is this the, is this the December movie? Because Eternals is November. So I'm guessing this would be uh, late, early December that this would have to come out because when else would these movies come out? They're going to, oh, December 17th. So this is going to be a big holiday film, uh, which yeah, is kind of crazy because we, we haven't had a Marvel Christmas movie, which is weird. We've had Star Wars right. Christmas movies. Right, which yeah, is very it was it- yeah. It was it was it was their niche uh, for the you know kind of the latter half of the teens uh, that that was their deal. So yeah, Star Wars, Star Wars, Star Wars. So anyway, yes. So we are getting all these rumblings. It's basically uh, we're going to get basically all these alternate worlds opening up. We've heard about uh, Alfred Molina's already basically revealed that he's in this movie as uh, Doctor Otto Octavius. We're hearing uh, you know Jamie Foxx's Electro. Uh, we've heard rumors about Tobey Maguire and Andrew Garfield coming back as well, reprising their previous roles, or maybe just doing weird cameos like the Ghostbuster film. Um, but we're hearing now the weirdest one is Willem Dafoe 
as Green Goblin, Norman Osborn, which if you watch that movie now, it just comes off as so weird and hammy and the weird mask and the weird talking to himself, which I guess is really playing into that Stan Lee era of Spider-Man where it was just over the top, goofy and dumb. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, this is happening. But eventually, you know, I don't know what's going to happen, quite honestly, with this. But I don't think I want Willem Dafoe back as Green Goblin. But if it's just a cameo, I'm good with that. But if it's right. he's the main villain again, it just doesn't make any sense. Well, it's just, you know, the entire tone of that film, I, I think, is very early aughts. You know, it was just the silly with the, the explosion CGI and the over the top and the pre-Iron Man armor with the he had the mask, but it had a mouth hole. Uh, it didn't have a mouth hole, but it had like a it was a weird. Grill. Yeah, it was just it was just it was very much of the time. I mean, think about what entertainment was like in the early 2000s we had the you know the triple x films and the chronicles of riddick and the matrix and laura croft and you had all that stuff that was all all the slow-mo with people shooting guns like boom 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 boom. it was just it was super everything was super duper corny slow-mo bad cgi that's what toby mcguire spider-man was so yeah you're right to try to it was funny we just had this conversation recording um recording code 47 last night because we were talking about we were uh, talking about discovery season two captain pike the pre-kirk enterprise uh which you know captain pike his part of it they filmed that in 1964 okay uh and then for coming out in 2019 they had to modernize the enterprise they had to make it look like look like what people might expect something to look like now i said i said you know and of us richie is the that my co-host rich is the big tos fan and i said richie you're the tos guy if they would have brought back all of the sets recreated painstakingly into this show from 1964 from the cage where captain pike originally appeared would you like that he said hell no it would look like shit it's got stuff has to be modernized so you can't just trot out some old stuff and think that it's going to be able to keep up so no yeah, you you can't really do willem dafoe as like the big major villain and be able to find a way to to have that drive your narrative it just it just doesn't happen yeah it was kind of weird because because sammy raimi was going for that 60s era stan lee goofy over the top way overacted those i mean that was the vibe he was going for it had less to do with the air that was filmed and it was just that is what sam raimi wanted to do and that's the vibe he took because you know you've read obviously the old spider-man stuff it's cheesy as hell it's goofy it's weird it's cheesy, and I think that's what Tommy McGuire was doing. That's what Sam Raimi wanted to do, which is fine. His movies have always been a little bit cheesy, like the old, you know, was it uh, Evil Dead, where it's like Three Stooges and Goofy and stuff like that. So he's playing with that. Um, I think two obviously is the best of those. It just really played out well. I haven't revisited it, so I don't know if it still plays off well. But you know, it, it was more like a horror film with Doctor Octavius. You know, just right. kind of creepy the way he int- he's introduced. So yeah, and it was just one villain again, which is nice, um, which is good. Um, yeah, and so at this point, we'll see how this goes. But it was funny, like I said, I'm surprised we didn't just get like a, 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 a like a mask, Charlie, like a like a like a rubber mask, like we did in the comics, because right. I think that would have been a lot of fun to do something like right. that. Yeah, it's just, it's weird. I think that visually that doesn't translate in a great way. Um, so maybe that's why, you know, I mean, I mean, sure. I don't, I, I, I don't know. That, that could be the reason, but yeah, to kind of, kind of dice it up quite that way. Yeah. Better than um, uh, Dane DeHaan's bad green acne. 
Yes. Oh God, oh, that movie. <laughs> oh, and and, and 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 now they want to they want to visit the sins of the, the father on yes. by bringing any of that shit back. Oh, I take take a hard take a hard line on hard hard no on that. No, thank you. Yeah, it's it's hard to give those movies a pass because we had better films at that point that for them to uh, emulate. Well, yeah, we we had, we we had the Avengers films at that. Point. We had the we Dark had, Knight. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We had Avengers 2012. We had Civil War that came out that same year uh, in 2014. So yeah, it's just it's it's it is no unforgivable, unforgivable. No excuse. Oh well, well. Hopefully we can forgive anything they bring forward, and hopefully it's entertaining. That's all we can ask because I don't think there's been a miss with this Spider-Man, and hopefully they they have a good take on it that makes it really fun and just fan service. That's not all that's what it is. I, I hope that there's more than that. Well, uh, we will wrap up the news though, and we're going to head over to the Geek Easy because, man oh man, America is reopening, and if you've been vaccinated, the world is your oyster. So let's go. Talk nerdy to me. Talk nerdy to me. We're sitting in the Geek Easy, the cover band's playing, and we are ready to get our nerd on. Charlie... Uh, you have now become a flea person. Um, I, I, I do. Adventures. I, I have, uh, I have been dipped for fleas. No, I, uh, I hate to say it. I didn't, uh, I was so busy this week doing, doing this kind of thing. And then just watching old stuff and doing, doing different prep work for code 47, watching old star Trek, which I know is Todd's favorite thing. Uh, but no, I, I was tipped off by a figure collecting buddy of mine who lives in, uh, Southern Michigan, Marshall, which is a town I love. I can't talk. My best, my, my other best friend lives there. So I spend a lot of time down there. It's a great place. Uh, but he said uh, there's a local business uh, called Cornwell's Turkeyville. And it's like a turkey farm. And it's, this, it's a local attraction. So you know how it is with country stuff, Todd, because you're a country boy originally. Don't lie. Everybody knows your roots. I talk about it all the time. You're a country boy. He's staying silent. He's, he, he's muted right now. He's flipping me off. Please not saying anything. Isn't that terrible? I'm from a rural town, but I'm not a farmer. Oh, <laughs> farmersonly.com. Uh, but at any rate, uh, so yeah, they, they have uh, they have a regular uh, regular flea markets, which is just a that is a country town kind of thing. But my buddy is a he is a big time figure hustler. I mean, he and his dad are kind of kind of figure and junk brokers. They set up like eight tents. They have like uh, they have like their own little store at this thing. So he says, "Dude, come down, do the show, uh, get a t- it's." 30 bucks for the weekend, three days, like 10 to four. I'm like, that is super cheap. He says, I, he says, I, and again, he has more inventory than mine. I can clear $600,000 in the weekend in, uh, in sales. And I'm like, that sounds great. I don't know that I have that much stuff. Uh, but I went down there and I sold and I sold out of a lot of stuff. And I, I made some, I, I made in the neighborhood. I don't want to throw the exact number out, but I made in the neighborhood of what he was talking about, which is totally crazy to me. So you, and, you, it sounded like you said 600,000. No, six hundred or a thousand between. Okay, that's and a, a better number. Because I'm like, yes. that is a corporation. So uh, yes, exactly. Would, I'm start- the, the I brought a small warehouse with me of exactly. various things. Things were super overpriced, but um, but anyway, that, the the crux of my story is is that Bradley, as a, what Bradley does, because he does this, you know, kind of not really full time, but he's really engaged. And he said, he said, I bought out an estate sale. It was a guy in Kalamazoo. He was a big Star Trek guy. I have this box of magazines and other stuff, 20 bucks. And when I say it was a box, Todd, it weighed 50 pounds. I had a hard time carrying it across from his booth back to my booth where my car was. Um, what I found in there was a couple of, uh, cause you know, I don't really, I don't do like, 
paperbacks and I don't really do graphic novels, though there was one in there, but it had a couple of really nice uh, Star Trek reference books, which I do collect. There's an old copy of the Star Trek Encyclopedia from the 90s, of which I thought I had a copy and I don't. So now I have a nice minty copy and another, you know, art of Star Trek book that I've seen but never owned. But he had easily 50, maybe 100 uh, copies of issues of Star Trek the magazine, which was a beautiful publication from, from the early 2000s that had articles and CGI art and just like really great interviews and stuff like that. He had what looked like 100 copies of the old Star Trek fan club magazine going back to the early 1980s, all in very nice shape. One of them was in a big slip case. I mean, this was easily five or $600 worth of stuff in a 20 in a box for 20 bucks even had some stuff in there that i sent out care packages to aaron and rich which hopefully they'll have gotten it by the time this issue by, by the time this episode drops um and uh todd i sent out a care package to you of things that are not star trek you will be shocked and amazed by what i sent to you no uh neelix cookbook oh i'm depressed no you got that for me years ago i have it on my shelf no, no, for me. <laughs> oh, oh, no. Oh. That was a mistake you made. You didn't buy that for yourself. I know. Um, I missed out. And they've never, there's no more copies. They've all been burned. They've all been burned. No, but anyway, I was excited by this because, again, I had a, a friend of mine. Uh, it was uh, my very good friend, Tammy, her husband, Jay, and uh, uh, was at our local friend's library a couple of years ago and picked up a bunch of issues of this Star Trek, the magazine that I was talking about. It's this really thick bound. I mean, it's huge oversized magazine they were like eight dollars a pop on the newsstand which is crazy and they've appreciated in value to be like 25 30 bucks an issue if you try to find them on ebay so i got all of these for like a tenth of a cent uh and i was really i was very happy about that because i had a really big run of them but when when i got remarried not to april but to my second wife she was like we gotta clear some shit out of here put a box together and drop some stuff off to the local library and those magazines were amongst them. So I lost them. I found them again, kind of like my comic book hobby, which I lost it. I found it again. And then actually at this flea market, I sold the remainder of my inventory. So I don't have any, anything but the smallest quantity of out of print comics now because I'm all the way out of comic book collecting. So it was, it was really kind of, it was kind of a cathartic weekend for that. And then also to give honor to, a fallen geek, I believe his name was David Pinter of Kalamazoo, Michigan. This was his stuff. He is dearly departed. So, David, if you can hear my voice in the great beyond, your stuff will be taken very well care of by not only myself, but Rich and Aaron and Todd. Thank you, David. Well, thank you very much. Yeah, you know, I mean, my wife has done uh, state sales before, and that is the sad part. It is essentially someone's stuff, and uh, obviously, you don't want your stuff just to, you know, go in the ashes. So, um, you know, that makes me think about my possessions and what I, you know, what what I truly want my son to have because ultimately some of the stuff he won't want. So I'll focus on things he does want. And if he doesn't want those, I don't want those just to be sitting around taking up space for, for some other person to just find. And and so I'm going to probably think about, you know, how I collect in the future rather than having too much stuff, just have enough. So, Oh, well, um, well, very cool, man. You know, more adventures to come and hopefully there'll be some, some cool things you find and some articles that pique your interest from the yes, yonder days. Like I found a couple of, I bought a couple of Starlog magazines. Yeah. Oh God. Shop, which is fun. 
I love Star Logger Wizard Magazine from the 90s. It was just, that was, you know, as we talked about on the show before, that was um, pre-internet. That was how you found out about anything. That was your that was your reference guide. There wasn't any Google or Wikipedia. There was, listen to us sound like a bunch of old fucks. That was, that was all we had to discover things and to, to reference our fandom. So yeah. it's cool. It's a, it's a real slice of, of really something that was only 20 years ago, but it was still the best place to get hardcore information um, about something so detailed. Like here's a detailed drawing of the USS Defiant deck by deck. You know what I mean? It's, you would find it in a magazine like that. So good stuff. I was, I was very, very pleased with that. Yeah, I mean, uh, and I was very pleased to being a member of the DC Universe Infinite member uh, subscriber. Uh, there is actually a big thing that's happening in DC right now, crossing over with Fortnite. So Batman Fortnite Zero Point is the name of the series. It's six issues long, and this is a unique overlap. Fortnite is like one of the most popular properties in media right now it's huge mark carabin uh from uh both of our uh sister podcasts uh, loves this game and plays it with his nephew it's it's ever it's it's caught everyone we've had concerts in fortnite we've had christopher nolan movies played in fortnite it's just crazy and they do really cool things they have a lot of characters that debut in the uh sh- the, the the game and they have skins and they're very popular and very expensive to buy them well dc said hey let's do something with this so they basically created a comic book series and with each issue you get gear that you can redeem in Fortnite. and if you get all of the comics and this is digital or print you get batman in the game so this is kind of cool different uh now batman doesn't get to shoot people with a gun i hope he doesn't yes yes uh but it's kind of neat so i've been giving uh mark uh the codes to give to his nephew so he gets all these gadgets but for some reason i didn't get issue three code so i don't know it doesn't matter it is what it is. But the, the cool part is the story. So this is essentially a Batman Elseworld story. Batman sees this weird uh, portal arrive in Gotham City. He doesn't know what it is, but uh, Alfred's telling him and Commissioner Gordon's telling him, well, we've got people going into this portal. We don't know what's going on. Batman, check it out. Batman checks it out, and it's a really interesting story. So Fortnite, Charlie, just give a little background. Fortnite's just basically a game where you, you drop in, and you try to survive, and if you survive, you basically got a, 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 a I forget what they call it, a, a victory royale, which is means you get gear and stuff for winning. Well, the part of the thing that makes it really hard is you've got this like weird cloud coming upon you and killing you, last man standing. So it's really, and, uh, basically, it's trying to get you to get to the middle to take out people. It, it, it basically makes the matches around 20 minutes long. So it, it just creates a time frame. So there's rush. And so they incorporate that with, so basically Batman enters the, um, the, the cloud or the, the storm, whatever they call it. It's pink. It's uh neony and he comes in it. But when Batman arrives, he's lost his memory. He doesn't know who he is and he also can't speak. So it's, it's an interesting take on that, but he knows he has some skills. So he has to use his skills to basically survive because this is populated with all these weirdos from Fortnite. You've got like a guy who's a banana. You've got a weird guy with a hamburger head. You've got, right. (laughs) It's crazy and wacky and people are building things, but also trying to kill you at the same time. So Batman's trying to survive. Um, along the way, um, he meets up with Catwoman, and that's yes. And so, it's kind of cool because every time he meets, it's like memento. So he dies after 22 minutes, this thing comes and he, he basically reboots and it starts over again. 
But what he starts to do every time is writes down what he remembers before he dies. And so he leaves himself little notes. And it's pretty cool. And he says, like, hey, meet with the cat. So he's like, who's the cat? So he goes back in the cat. He sees the first person and sees this weird cat character with a, like a hat, a cat head, like a homeless uh, helmet, like a mascot. And he's like, oop, I guess it's not that one. So he sees Catwoman. So that is uh, issue two. And it's about them, you know, every 22 minutes they reboot. They have connected. And he says, I've forgotten everything, but I, I, I've remembered my emotions. So he knows he's a connection with Catwoman. And they keep meeting up and they keep going through this. Uh, this leads us to like the third issue which then leads us to snake eyes which is very cool so it's a big crossover and the whole thing is basically there's people behind why this is happening almost observing them with like cameras and things and so to basically take out batman they bring in someone else from another universe and that person happens to be snake eyes so there's a a reason why this happens and i won't give anything more uh we're up to episode or issue four i've only read issue three through issue three but it's it's charming it's 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 you don't even have to know anything about fortnite really to just enjoy it it's just a fun elseworld comic if you enjoy fortnite like mark did mark was pointing all these things out to me on co-op mode so he liked it he got me to read it you know what if you've got nothing better to do check it out it's free to read it only costs your time uh it, it, and that 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 is the that is the finite cost but it's good stuff yeah it's very you know 22 pages that will take you like five minutes to read an issue you're, you're done literally in an hour uh to read all of them uh but then i think it's cool that it gets kids to read comics because i, I guess a lot of kids in reading playing fortnite may not care to read it but if they get something to read a comic and become a right. comic book fans it's cool i like this so there you go Batman, Fortnite, zero point on sale now in comic book shops. If you subscribe to uh, DC Universe Infinite, you get the issues for free, but you can also buy them digitally as well. So there you go. Yes, that baby. is the Geek Easy. So where are we going next, Charlie? Oh, my goodness. We've got to steer right out of here. Uh, we're going to head to the land down under for a little Thunder Dome to talk about the summer television preview with those wacky mutants. So... Let's get on the plane. Let's party. Welcome to another edition of Thunderdome. Thank you, Tina. We're sitting in Thunderdome where the mutants have been gathered for a topic or a game to be entertained. And this week we're talking about the summer TV premieres for all of those nerdy things we'll watch while we're actually, you know, trying to stay cool when the heat is hot outside. So uh, we start off with June, and, you know, obviously we're recording this on June 3rd. This will come out on June 4th, so uh, some of these have already debuted, but that's fine. So I'll, I'll talk about the first one because this is a series I really enjoyed the first season of, and that's Lego Masters. Boo! Will, uh, Sorry, I hate Legos. Quiet you, quiet you. <laughs> uh, it's, it's, it's Will... Um, Will Arnett hosts this, okay. and it's great. And you just get these really talented people who can do awesome things with Lego. They have a lot of fun. They have it's themed, and it was funny because the first season, uh, Michelle Jesperson, what her former college roommate, was on the show. So it was very cool. It was neat. It was kind of rooting for him. Neat show. Season two. Um, everybody loves Legos. Seeing people build stuff and making them neat is pretty awesome. I uh, guess. Then we went to June. Yeah, so we move on to June 4th, Charlie. We're getting Sweet Tooth. This is debuting tomorrow. Yep. It's based Looks on a comic high. book series. Yeah, Will Forte's in this. Uh, and it's basically about uh, a mutation happens and kids become basically hybrids and we don't know why. Uh, so it's all about this little boy named Sweet Tooth who's part deer and he's trying to survive with his dad's help. So it looks cute and it's it could be good. 
No doubt about it. June 6th has given us War of the Worlds on Epics, which means no one will see it. Uh, I'm assuming this is a uh, retelling of the 1939 radio classic by Orson Welles. Uh, it's, uh, Welles? yeah, see, this is season two of it. Oh, yeah, really? this is, okay. uh, yeah, Orson Welles. <laughs> he, he well, narrated, well, he created, basically he took War of the Worlds and did the radio show. Well, um, that's that why original, you, see, yes. you see that's HG. Uh, that's I believe it was HG Wells. HG Wells, Wells, I believe. Oh my yes. God. yes, I knew yes. it was a Wells. One of the Wells boys, yep. exactly. Yeah. So there actually was a syndicated War of the Worlds series in like the eighties. Remember that, Charlie? It yes, was like, I was. Yes. Well, it was, and it was made by. Five, it was. I think it was produced by Paramount. It was like unnecessarily yeah. gory. I remember that watching this. Yeah. I'm like, oh, this is really gross. So yeah. Gnarly. Yeah, so that's coming. If you, I mean, if you're interested in that, there's two seasons. Epics, I think, is going to get. I think it's. I think that was part of the um, MGM deal. So yeah, it's maybe we'll see epic Amazon. stuff come to Amazon. That would be a good idea because that's the only way you get people to see that right. uh, network. Because you know who's going to pay for epics? Yeah, I people don't, don't. People don't want more streaming services. There's no doubt. So things are going. Yeah. Things. You know, it's going to be Doctari. You got to thin the herd. <laughs> yeah, so June 9th, we've got In the Dark on the CW. This is another horror anthology that's been on the CW a couple seasons. It's out there if you like horror stuff. It's free on the CW app, so you can check it out there. And then we've got another June 11th, Home Before Dark on Apple TV+. Plus. Sounds like another horror film, uh, horror series coming on Apple TV+. Plus. Um, Apple TV+, Plus, it's got like one or two good shows. Still waiting for that next blockbuster beyond Ted Lasso and Mythic Quest. Well, you know, and you'll find out later in the rollout here that Ted Lasso is going to be back. So maybe I'll have Yay! to start watching it. Oh, you, you should, Ted. Charlie. You'll love it. Ja- Jason Sudeikis is so funny. He's I know great. It's, I know it's your favorite thing ever. Well, it looks like we're getting all the way up to... Uh, oh, and this is wrong because Loki comes out on June 9, which is Wednesday of next week. So by the mm, time must have uh, changed beforehand. Yes. By the time you're listening to this, it'll almost be. But yeah, this will be uh, a portrayal of the Loki that we saw escape death at the end of Endgame. So it's Loki in the multiverse and time uh, and it's co-starring Luke Wilson going wow all the time. So I'm very much looking forward to that, of course. Yeah, that's going to be really exciting, and it's a it's a, a Wednesday debut, um, yep. and we're getting weekly episodes. We're not getting like the two first episodes; it's basically one episode, and this will take us through essentially into August. So this is right, hopefully so we'll get what, what if after that? Hopefully. Yeah, I would imagine. Yeah, this is the, this is the you know we had kind of a break with the Marvel stuff because we had Wanda, then we had Cap and Winter Soldier, and then now we've had this little this little break. So uh, the little break sucks. Give it give it back to us. Yeah, absolutely. For those who are not into the Bad Batch, it's really like it's just a it's a, a gap that I'm trying to fill in with other things. And that's perfectly right. fine. Perfectly sure. fine. Uh, yeah. Next, we have June 13th on Netflix. It's a it's a, a animated series called Trace Trace. Uh, and this is kind of cool because my wife is really interested because it's a based on Filipino mythology. It's basically a girl taking on supernatural forces and everything she pointed out to me is part of Filipino mythology. And they have a, a rich mythology with creatures of supernatural uh, uh, based on the different cultures within the Philippines because it's a lot of different tribes and things like that. So it looks really interesting. It's cool. And actually, there's two versions. There's the American or English voiced, and then they have a full Filipino cast doing Tagalog dialogue as well. So it's very cool. Right. It's, a, it's a series. So I'll be watching that in the English, but I'm guessing Chris will watch it in the, the Tagalog because she just likes hearing her you know, native language again. Oh, good deal. Uh, we do get the return of Rick and Morty on June 20. 
I've never been an officiato of the show. Uh, my best friend's kid, uh, who's 14, she loves it. She made me watch a couple of them. So there's an entertainment value in it, but it's basically, it's kind of, it's kind of stoner stuff because my son, my son who happens to be one of those really loves this show. So I don't know. It's immensely popular. They had that big run of what's uh, the Szechuan sauce packets at McDonald's a yeah. couple years ago. Pickle I mean, Rick. So, yeah. Yeah. Pickle Rick. So yeah, the, the show, the show has got legs. So I will give it that. Yeah, I, I enjoy it. It's not something I'm like addicted to it, but it def- definitely it's that weird uh, back to the future with a dark bent and it's very gruesome and gross and a lot of dark family issues, too. So you got to be prepared for it. It's not a feel good show at all. Um, but of course, June. Yeah, June 22nd, we have Motherland Fort Salem returning on Freeform. I enjoyed this, but basically it's about the U.S. government. uh, Instead of the Salem witch hunt uh, killing all the witches, basically they uh, recruit them into the United States Armed Forces, and they create their own great uh, group yeah and they have a magical abilities and it's very it's a very interesting show and they're basically there's this is, there's no doubt that that's going to back up on them i think it's going to work out just fine well then yeah a, a separate group of witches who do not like basically being uh controlled forces tried to uh rebel so that's kind of the plot line it's actually well done i actually thought it was kind of cool promise i watched the first two episodes um but maybe i'll watch more but if not i i enjoyed the couple i watched so um, moving on, then June 25th, Central Park, Charlie. This one's actually very cute. It's by the team who does Bob's Burgers. It's about this family that lives in Central Park. There's singing. Josh um, Gad plays one of the characters. But it's just super cute. And at Central Park, it's basically the dad runs the um, – basically, he's in control of all of the gardening within Central Park, New York. So – and the kids are kind of wacky. They do their adventures. So if you like Bob's Burgers, it's got that sense of humor. It's very family friendly, though. So that's uh, available for you on June 25th. Then we move on to the Mysterious Benedict Society on Disney+. Plus. Tony Hale is the lead of this, which is funny because, you know, from from um, uh, Arrested Development, he's playing the two lead characters. Basically, the good brother who is uh, basically getting special kids who have special abilities and using them uh, to basically fight the dark forces. And his brother is essentially the bad guy who looks like Tony Hale, but a little bit different, kind of like evil Tony Hale, his twin. Um, Yeah, so this is going to be very, it's very much a kid's show, but it should have, it's by the people who did Gravity Falls, which I love. So it's going to be kid's show with a little bit of a bite to it. So with Tony Hale, though, he's fantastic. It could be entertaining, Mm -hmm. especially for the kids. So, And I'm glad Disney Plus is doing more original content that is more like not tied to Marvel, Star Wars, or something else. So um, here we go. It can be done. All right, moving on. What else we got that's that's exciting here? Well, this one's for you, Charlie. Um, oh, you man. like behind the music, yeah? I do. I've been though. This is on A and E, and I thought it was. I thought Paramount Plus was going to be bringing us uh, back, but uh, looks well, like this we is have, biography. Yeah, it looks like we have a bio. Oh, so it's a little bit of pinkies out. It's a little fancier, is what you're telling me. Sure. Little, yeah. Okay. Uh, biography about the band Kiss, which is funny. We were watching some old movie right before I got on here, hot, wet American summer. Cause it came across. I'm like, Hey, it's mm-hmm. being a summer. Let's watch this movie. It's totally fucking stupid, but let's watch it. And it again, just like, because Paul Rudd was in it and he translated his love of kiss, I guess over to that movie role models, which came out a few years later that I mm-hmm. absolutely loved. That was had Sean Patrick Scott talk about how much he loved kiss. So that's helped me appreciate kiss a little bit more, but this is all about the backstory of the famous uh, New York city rock band kiss. They, they put on makeup and uh, 
and they they got chicks nonstop. Uh, is the the nicest way I could say it is paraphrased by a Sean William Scott in the Role Models movie. Every song they have is about doing it. So, uh, yeah, no, I I think that that would be fun. I would enjoy watching that. Yeah, uh, a bunch of uh, Jewish boys wearing makeup and rocking out. Why it, not? Detroit Rock City also it, covered this. Yeah, it worked. It worked. That's all that matters. Yeah. June 27th, we've got a Discovery of Witches. This is a book series that has been very popular about this uh, woman who uh, basically discovers she's a witch and, you know, that kind of stuff. It's like Twilight with witches. It's so oh, if you boy. like that stuff, you like that stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah, next July, July 2nd, Charlie, Monsters at Work. This is the first Pixar series mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. on Disney+. Plus. Yeah, this is, I think, I don't know if this is a prequel, a midquel, where it is, but it's got all of the cast and characters of Monsters, uh, Inc., in this rock and roll good deal um so moving on looks like we have an animated uh outcropping of resident evil and todd that's one of your video games and didn't it get translated into a a movie with mila jovovich in the early aughts and it was a big hit I so <laughs> yeah yeah and that it was it was it, you talked about like crappy movies from a s- different yeah era. oh yeah that oh, was yeah. that was right in there had nothing really to do with the video games they just made it it was mildly successful because they had like eight uh um sequels or something ridiculous i stopped paying attention after a while but the good part is uh this is just going to be an animated uh taking parts of the classic video game series and we're also actually getting a uh, it's supposed to be very uh, respectful telling of the original video game series with Robbie Amell playing one of the main characters in a live action oh. Resident Evil series. So that could be good. And it's really just a, a, the first one's a haunted mansion where they've got to kill zombies. So there's not much to it. It's not a heavy plot. Well, but it's, all right. it's entertaining. Good stuff. Yeah. Yeah. N- not, not a lot of heavy lifting on the intellectual side. No, no, not so much. Uh, the next one though, I think is funny, Charlie. Um, we both love uh, uh, what's, what's the movie uh, with the uh, vampires. It's uh, Oh, the tv series it's uh those who live in the darkness or whatever oh yeah you know, yeah, yeah 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 i got i'm blanking on the name um uh the, no you just said it the things we do in the shadow uh things we do in that's the right yes yes go. so this is essentially like a companion series called wellington paranormal and it's debuted overseas and it's finally coming to the u.s but it's basically people that investigate the paranormal uh over you know in the uk uh, but it's very similar. I think it's produced by that same team. So this should be fun. It's coming to the CW, which is an odd thing as well. But um, yeah, this right. Be funny. So yeah, that really, really. Comes yeah. back. So who knows? So uh, moving on into uh, July 16, we have uh, and the only reason I point this one out on time, I'm going to skip that one because I don't know what the hell that is. But you can talk about it if you want. But we had Turner and Hooch, which is a conversion of, a, you know, of a Tom Hanks movie from the 80s, which who cares? But one of the driving uh, directorial uh people on that is robert duncan mcneil tom mm-hmm. paris from voyager uh who is on a podcast i listen to every week where he and uh, actor garrett wong who was ensign kim break down every episode of voyager bit by bit with you know kind of some satirical take backs and some different stuff so i've come to enjoy that show very much but uh, listening to right he's a very successful director just bought a a big estate out in salt lake city and he you know flies into la and and that's all he does he hasn't been an actor in 20 something years uh and it's just completely transitioned to the other side of the camera so anyway this is his baby this is the project he works on now so He's a, he's a good guy. I've seen a lot of things that he's directed, and he's he's a talented dude. So maybe I'll take a peek just because I'm a fan of his. 
too bad it's turn hooch because that's something that did not scream for more of it kind of like beethoven having eight movies which we found out about today right yeah. or 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 the police academy that had six or seven exactly it's just yeah why, exactly why, why, why keep it rolling absolutely so the one you didn't want to talk about i think is absolutely hilarious charlie you may actually want to see this it's called schmigadoon it's oh, on Lord. apple tv plus and this is involves this is kind of a weird one it's got cecily strong from snl and keegan michael Michael key appearing in this essentially it's about uh this couple that goes on a backpacking trip designed to reinvigorate the relationship when they discover a magical town which everyone is living in a studio musical from the 1940s Yeah, and it says they can't leave, though, until they find true love. This includes Alan Cumming, Kristen Chenoweth, Dove Cameron, all these people, Fred Armisen, Jane Krakowski. Right. I mean, this okay. is people that love to sing and have fun. And it's and it's basically um, uh, it's basically a movie. Lauren Michaels is behind this. But oh, I just think this okay. sounds adorable. I think. All right. All right. I'm sold. Well, don't when it comes on, don't let me forget. I'll, I'll tune in. Got to watch before your uh, your subscription expires, Charlie. Or you got to pay five oh. bucks. Well, I think I, I think it does wrap up actually pretty soon. So we, we might have to you might have to pay me two fifty. <laughs> so oh my god! Uh, moving a little bit later on, we get the uh, we get a, a reinvention of the Masters of the Universe. And Todd, we've not seen uh, Masters of the Universe on the small screen or any screen for that matter since I think two thousand and two. When there was that, yes. uh, there was that, there was it was probably Cartoon Network. It's a new mm-hmm. version of it where they they really kind of sexied it up for the two thousands. This is a little more traditional, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, as far I think as kind this of... is a sequel. I think this is a sequel to the original uh, Master of the Universe run. Oh, okay. So, oh, okay. Yeah. So this is jumping it forward, and uh, so I think so. That's. That's great. I grew up with Masters of the Universe. That was one that I, I have. I have this very early memory when I was maybe six or seven of rushing home from from catechism class because I was raised Catholic and I was you know mm-hmm. you know studying preparing for my first communion. But rushing home on a Wednesday and getting there at like four o three and He Man came on at four o'clock and I was like, oh god, I missed the first part of it. And it was it's funny because I'm watching Star Trek the animated series right now for Code Forty Seven because. Richie and I have to break it down, unfortunately, because we're not enjoying it, but we're completionists. So our goal within the show is to talk about every episode of Star Trek that's ever been by the time we run out of material. So, uh, and Aaron refuses to watch cartoons, so it's just me and him. Um, but I, I'm just reminded of that horrible filmation style. You know, the characters had basically three movements. All the backgrounds were in like four-inch increments where they would just repeat. And I just remember turning the TV on and He-Man's running through a corridor that's in a cave and you're seeing the same eight stalactites and stalagmites go back and forth that that's always my fondest memory of he-man so are you trying to tell me that this show will not be like that it'll be maybe a little bit more modernized a little bit more uh they paid for more frames of animation (laughs) good thank god because you know what they certainly certainly couldn't pay for less yeah the holy trinity for me of of things i collected i mean had to be well he's probably not trinity uh, duopoly uh to a certain extent because i did not collect voltron because there really wasn't much voltron to collect there was a crappy series and or really expensive series so i just was torn because i'm like i want something good but master of the universe was my first thing i collected i loved it as a kid i would come home from school every day loved it absolutely just just couldn't stop watching it the other one was transformers i collected that i i mean i loved gi joe i just didn't collect it so it was one of those things it's like this is where i stood yeah yeah, we were we were bonkers about Star Wars figures in this house, and I say this. House oh yeah, Star Wars would be the other one. That, yeah, that would be my yeah, trilogy because no, I, mean, I, yeah. I had a ton of Star Wars too. 
Yep. Yeah, because I mean, again, I live in my childhood home, but the basement uh, at that when I was a kid, we moved in here in the '80s, was unfinished. So we had an unfinished toy room that was GI Joe and Star Wars, and because the figures for the scale, the GI Joe, the, the Star Wars guys could be in the GI Joe headquarters in the Terradrome, and I loved it. I've yeah. never, you know, moved away with my love from GI Joe. So yeah. But um, but yeah, Masters of the Universe. I remember I, I had a bunch, but ended up get, ended up getting rid of them eventually. But it's funny because those same figures in this the the absolute same molds back in Walmart. Now you can go buy the exact same He Man figure you bought in 1983. Now at Walmart, that's what's weird. But they actually add some articulation, which I think is cool. Makes them better. I I think did they did they with the ones that are out now? Are you sure? Yes, they did. They added joints at the arms. Yep, I looked oh, at it. Oh, yep. okay. Okay, yep. all right, I, I believe it. made him slightly better, yep. Um, yeah, and, and not having a brother meant I really had to be picky about what toys I bought because I had no sibling to uh, hopefully uh, just play with his toys. So my sister had Barbies and Donnie oh. Marie uh, Barbies. So that was that. You're trying to tell me that He-Man and Donnie and Marie Barbies, there could have been some kind of meaningful crossover? Could have, no. yeah, why not? There could have been a variety hour. Um, that would have been fantastic. I'm a little bit country. I'm a little bit attorney. Uh, no, perfect. No, there we go. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I, I mean, so yeah, I, I, I'm, I'm all in this because you know this is, uh, we've got, you know, uh, uh, I'm blanking on his name, Kevin Smith behind this. Good voice oh, cast, big time, oh, and yeah. the animation should be good. And I actually saw the toys that are based on this. It actually looks pretty good. There's another set of toys though, and another series that's coming out that is more for the kids, and they look like crap. So I'm glad we're getting this. And whatever is else is for the kids, and they can enjoy it too. But this is where I'm going to focus on, and I and I'm excited for this. But the thing I'm really excited about is Ted Lasso. Oh Appleton man, I, I, season two. I, th- I thought that was going to be the action figure line you were talking about. I'm I'm really Ted Lasso it. sounds like a He Man figure. Yeah, right. Ted he Lasso, He Man, and Ted Lasso. <laughs> yes. Hey, Ted, help me out. What are you going to do? I'm going to talk in funny witticisms and uh, and talk about la- coaching. La- Laugh by putting your your uh, fists on your hips, going ah, ha, 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 ha. and wear a tracksuit. Yeah, that's what it's all about. Like yeah, it. Ted Lasso is fantastic. It's just a feel good show. You could hate sports and still love the show. It's all about just uh, people just being better, and and the main character is this nice person in the world, despite things not going so great for him. Um, and yeah, it's just it's just adorable. So if you like those type of shows, it's so good. I recommend it to everyone. Uh, then we go to Charlie. This one's awesome. August 8th, Ultimate Slip and Slide on NBC. Oh, boy. Now, what is the ultimate part of the – are they slipping on Jello? Is it like – are they slipping on Jello shots? I mean, what's going on? That just sounds kind of insane. So who I mean, is I'm assuming – who is on this program? I'm opening your link here. Let's so here. Bobby Moynihan and Ron Funches. Oh, I'm in. I'm in. Ron Funches, anything that dude does. I, I adore him. He's a latter yes. day. You know who he reminds me of? Who A comedian who's passed away who was on one of those talking head shows on VH1 was Patrice O'Neill. Remember how great he was? Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, we don't, yeah, that show um, went away, and I just love that show. Yeah. Yeah. But anyway, well, that sounds like fun. So. 10 episode competition show is just going to be these these two guys are hosting with a bunch of idiots trying to do like double dare kind of stuff yeah siblings friends couples and colleagues will all complete compete in multiple rounds of the game that include challenges like human bong body bowling cornhole and bocce fall human bong someone's trying to smoke out of someone else's head I don't know. Probably. I, I, Why not? I, I, I have to see it. I, it. It has to be real. So what? Uh, what's up next here? Fantasy Island. So uh, this is going to be on Fox. Uh, you don't have a link here. Is this 
a scripted show or is this a like reality TV show? It's not like it's not like uh, what is it? Temptation Island. Not like that. No, this is really a sequel <laughs> to the original Fantasy Island where it's got oh, okay. uh, this this Spanish woman. I can't remember. She's been in a lot of different shows. She's basically the granddaughter of Mr. Rourke, and she has taken oh. over for him, bringing people to the island. I don't know what they're going to do with Tattoo because Tattoo probably doesn't play today if you get my drift. Really, you don't think a quote-unquote little person, dwarf, midget, whatever the hell it is, okay to call people of diminished stature? Little people, yeah. Charlie. Yes. Little people. Short. It's not short people like Randy Newman. Short people are. Oh, no. I'm, I, no. I, 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 but, you know, if, I, if there's short people listening to our program, I apologize if I offended you. Well, I'm short, um, but I'm not a short person. Yes. Yeah, you'd have to be under five foot to be a short person, wouldn't you? Isn't that how that works? I think it's like four foot six or something like that specifically. But oh, yes, let's so not let's even, not focus okay. on that. But yes. it is kind of like yeah, we had yes that that. But there is a, a movie actually with about Harvey Villachez that is supposed to be really just crazy, like kind of his the, his life and how crazy he lived and how he died. It's just like kind of crazy. So wow, that's there. The not... Fantasy Island so... in fantasy. It has no connection to the Blumhouse film that April and I watched. No, which, no, no. Which was actually, it was actually, I thought for for a Blumhouse oh, film, you consider yeah. them kind of what they are. I, we, I I know I talked about this on the show. I think we enjoyed it. I think it was enjoyable. But again, it's a Blumhouse film and it's Fantasy Island. Well, your fantasies were really your worst nightmares. And so, yeah, mm-hmm, I know I, I talked about it. I, I liked it. I like, and Michael, uh, Michael Pena was the star. He was Mr. Oh, Moore. that's right. Yeah. 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 Well, I always I love Fantasy Island. It was kind of that that block that was like Love Boat and Fantasy Island. Love Boat was just the dumbest, like lightest thing in the world. And Fantasy Island was the some sometimes actually had dark episodes like, okay, this is the one where Mr. Rourke actually might be the devil. I don't know. It was weird, but it was entertaining. I loved it. So it's kind of fun. Maybe they'll do the same thing. Maybe it'll just be trash on Fox. Who knows? And I don't think any I think there's a, a, a defining line between anything at a certain point. Um, on Fox no longer comes to Disney. It's like, this is the new Fox that doesn't get to touch this stuff, but old stuff like Bob's burgers and stuff like that does go to uh, Hulu and those things. So don't expect this to come on Disney plus anytime or Hulu. My friends, I don't th- my, my friends stay sexy. My friends. All right. What uh, we're, we're winding down here. What, what else we got? August 12th, Star Trek lower decks season two. Charlie. Woo! Good stuff. This will be the show that converts uh, Aaron my co-host over on the Code 47 podcast to actually watching cartoons. She's very anti-comic, anti-cartoon. But I said, you know, you're going to be sitting out for 12, for 10 weeks if you don't want to record this because Richie and I were going to watch this. Um, but th- this is a fun show. Um, the, the, just a rock solid cast. You got Tony Newsom as Beckett Mariner, Jack Quaid as uh, Bradward Boimler, uh, and, you know, and a few other characters as well. The Lower Decks refers to the fact that they are uh, junior officers. Uh, they have to do all the crappy jobs uh, on a ship, the Cerritos, the ship that they're on, but they still manage to get into the wackiest of hijinks. And the show is, is very self-referential to, to kind of Star Trek the Next Generation in particular, uh, doing a lot of riffs on that. Uh, we got a lot of great cameos in the first season, uh, including Boimler, who is our main character, taking a promotion to go to the USS Titan to be with Captain Riker and Troy, because Riker is his hero, and uh, but really Beckett Mariner, who is Tony Newsom, is kind of the driving force of the show. She's the black sheep uh, daughter of the captain of the ship that they're on, uh, Captain. Uh, oh God, I'm drawing a blank on her name. The captain of the Cerritos, whose name I'm forgetting. Don Lewis, actress Don Lewis, uh, voices her. But very fun show. Uh, if you've not watched it, it's over on Paramount Plus. Grab season one. 
um, because you will be glad that you did. It's the first really fun, fun Star Trek show. So I adored it. I mean, it's entertaining. It's it's not must watch TV, but if you like Star Trek, it's the really the the humorous end of it, which means that you'll love it because it's it's really picking up all of those little pieces he talked about, Charlie, and just playing it in a way that Star Trek fans have just not gotten. So, um, I mean, I'm sure there's like really bad fanfic on com comedy takes on Star Trek. But uh, this is really the first official. And yeah, I hope Aaron likes this too, because um, like where I didn't love it, but I think it's entertaining and, and it's enjoyable. I think she'll get more out of it because of her, her history with it. For sure. Absolutely. Well, cool. All right. Taking us home, we have a show that I'm kind of like, eh? Well, it's Dead. ending, Charlie. It's finally it's, ending. Well, I mean, maybe that makes it worth watching, but I don't know. Well, and that's the thing. It's like we with both you and I, we both did check back into the comic to see how it ended. And we were very satisfied with that. And it was enjoyable because that 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 comic ended just out of the blue. It was just like, it's ending. And it's like, oh, right. cool. And we read it. And I was very satisfied with the ending of that. So I'm glad. Um, now, with this, though, I think it's going to be a harder thing to pull off because it's been kind of so drawn out that you don't get that cathartic um, take. But the people that have stuck by it, I'm hoping it fulfills them makes them happy and then after this ends i'm guessing we'll finally get that those those like movies with with rick and those other cast members exactly so yeah this is a show we still tune in todd i will of course be waiting uh for you to find the slick deals where i can snag it for you know 2.99 for the season uh because because with amc plus amc has have they finally gotten around to having their own you can still borrow my philo password charlie i believe okay no right well i think i think you did you found me a pass on amazon well that i was apply to amazon that was a better better deal because i know the philo thing it was kind of touch and go so regardless um but yeah that is uh that that ends the scripted schedule and then we do have kind of floating uh Marvel's What If, which is an animated what series. If? Uh we're potentially expecting that it will come out in August, maybe September, you know, before it, when Loki ends because Loki is a Yeah, so I'm very much looking forward to this one of my favorite comic series uh that Marvel did ever really because little one-off stories like what if a happened instead of b happened and then how things unfold uh separately a lot of episodes teased about this is that you know what if peggy carter became captain america uh what if that's the only one i can remember one of them had to do with black Panther, uh, wakanda so. it was it was yeah black panther basically in the guardians of the galaxy crossover yep yeah exactly so i love the series you know what if came on strong in the 70s. It ran to about the mid-80s. They killed it. They brought it back in the late 80s, ran into the 90s. And then Marvel does sprinkle sporadically little miniseries here and there. Well, you know, there were a few in, you know, the last few years that, you know, what if Flash Thompson was an evil version of Spider-Man or what if this thing happened or that thing happened? So, um, yeah, I love what if. They're fun. They're little, little micro takes on stories that it doesn't require a ton of huge backstory investment which i think it makes it very accessible um so that should be fun i'm really looking forward to it and it's the first mcu animated piece i think if i'm not mistaken absolutely which is it's 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 more than yeah it's 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 more than enough time to finally have them do animation um it just seems like it's a missing gap uh i know with star wars is finally going to get some uh different type of animation with i think it's the vision series um and i would like to see marvel take some more chances with animated stuff that's not just the kids stuff we've seen on like disney plus or not uh disney xd i would like to see them do some stories that are harder to do um 
and just take some chances. Just have some fun and give us more content because you can intersperse stuff like we're seeing with Loki and, and other things. And what if would be a right. perfect lead into the Eternals, right. which happens in November? Yeah. All right. Ta- take a chance on me, babe. Well, I believe that's the end of the road, not only for the uh, summer television program, but actually for the show in general. So without further ado, away we go. Uh, thank you, friends, for joining us. Todd, of course, talked about our website, secretfriendsunite.com. That's where you're going to find all of our shows, uh, upcoming great new content uh, of all of our programs, Secret Friends Unite, the co-op mode, Code 47 on the Halicron Chronicles. We're also over on Twitter at Secret Friends U. Drop us a line. Let us know something you're enjoying or a question you have for us, and we will hit you back on the podcast. We've got a great uh, merchandise store over at TeePublic. All things to satiate the imagination. T-shirts, hoodies, tank tops, if you will. Uh, stickers, wall art, pillows, etc. Everything uh, you can imagine except for hats and hot pants. But Todd has started a very strongly worded letter writing campaign about those hot pants because that is his thing. Am I right, Keep strong, Todd? my friends. Get those hot pants. Yes, get those hot pants. Exactly. Uh, as always, I'm going to tell you, friends, thank you for joining us. Sharing is caring. And to keep on trucking. Be the hero. Not the villain. In a truck. Stupid TV, be more funny. Charlie McGee is a healthy eight-year-old girl. Normal in every way. Charlie, now watch what you're doing. But one. Did she do that? What are you going to do with her? I'll bring her here. So you can do all your tests. And you give her to me. Charlie has the power. Do something bad. But you still love me. She can set things on fire. Something's happening in there. With just a glance. It is a power she does not want. Stick around. Daddy, I'm scared. So am I, honey. A power she cannot control. Back up. And each night, she prays to be just like every other child. We haven't got her yet. We have. But there are those who will do everything in their power to find her. To control her. Charlie! And maybe destroy her. Charlie! Come to me, Charlie. Go! You're gonna have to burn it down. I mean, burn it all down. Charlie McGee is Stephen King's fire starter. Will she have the power to survive?